All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Figure It Out podcast. Recording on a Monday. You'll hear this on Tuesday, August 31st. Hope your day's starting off well. I uh, just had a little uh, surf and turf for dinner, a little, uh, little sirloin, a couple of shrimps. Really uh, had a good workout after I got off work today. Had a good day at work. I've had a great day. Great Monday, so I'm going to provide a little energy to get your uh, day started here. I just want to let you guys know, thank you uh, for tuning in. I really appreciate all the listeners so far. Um, You know, this podcast isn't much about you guys as it is me, because without you, uh, who am I really talking to? But just wanted to get that out of the way. Want to give a quick shout out to my guys, Mike Clausia and John Seabag, who you heard on the... uh, the last two episodes, I think that episode went well. I really, really like talking to them. Uh, I kind of want, I kind of want John to get back down here. So hopefully we can get him back down here soon. Uh, his girlfriend's from around here, and his parents live down here, so it shouldn't be too difficult, I wouldn't think. But uh, we had a good time. To start the pod today, just want to give a quick little, uh, quick little thing, thoughts and. Prayers for the people in uh, the South uh, affected by Hurricane Ida. I know uh, Louisiana is getting pretty bad right now, I think. Maybe a little bit of uh, Mississippi. I've got family in Mississippi, so this one's a little close to my heart, kind of. Um, I don't, they're in the more of the northern part of Mississippi, so I think they'll be, for the most part, okay. But I'm sure they can still see some pretty nasty weather from that. But, uh, yeah, thinking about you guys, hoping you're okay. But to uh, transition from uh, a uh, more touchy subject into what I'm going to get into, we got a lot of stuff on the pod tonight. I'm going to talk here for a bit. Just uh, I think it's good to get back going solo for a second. Had a lot of guests on the last few episodes, but um, you know, got to perfect the craft a little bit, make sure I'm still good out on my own. Um, it is a lot easier having guests, I can say that. Uh, it's a lot more spitball, a lot more, uh, you know, almost just basically help. But uh, I think, you know, there's there's pros and cons to each one. and So I'm going to talk for a bit here, and then I'm actually going to have a little bit of a segment at the end uh, with my buddy Lucas. Uh, giving you some FCS football uh, updates just real quick. It's, it'll be probably 15, 20 minutes, so it won't uh, it won't be too difficult to listen to. I wouldn't think. First topic I want to get into today. Put out an Insta poll. <laughs> Put out an Insta poll uh, on my story this afternoon. I think it was. So I have two. I have a pack of uh, watermelon gum in my truck and I have a pack of peppermint gum in my desk and when I went when I left the office to go to lunch I had a piece of watermelon in and then when I came back from lunch no sorry when I left the office I had a piece of peppermint in but when I when I left lunch I had a piece of watermelon in so I got to thinking I wonder what I wonder what people think I wonder what people think about uh, about this. Which which type of gum do they like better? 
I personally think that I like mint better. <laughs> and Instagram would would agree, but I want to give a little bit of an argument for fruit because you could argue that the longevity and this is my argument really is the longevity of mint is longer and, and more sustainable, but that first that first three minutes, four minutes of the fruit gum, wow. <laughs> I mean, you're lying to yourself if you're not like, that's an explosion of flavor. I mean, it's an explosion in there. But then once Here's another thing too. I, I'm a guy that chews a piece of gum for the longest time. And so the the fruit gets all it gets all waxy and kinda for lack of a better term, I guess it just kinda gets harder to chew, which kinda stinks and kinda is kinda weird, but it's kinda the nature. But the mint, I feel like I can chew a piece of I feel like I could chew a piece of mint and gum for at least Four, five hours at least. So, I I give the slight edge to Mint. Instagram <clears throat> gave a huge edge to Mint. The final poll I took right before I hopped on the pod, and I guess it could change by tomorrow. But I took I took these numbers. 89% mint fruit gum, 11%. So that's overwhelming numbers. I can't say I'm that surprised, but I would have thought it'd be a little bit closer. But maybe people agree with me, like with like what I say about the, uh, you know, about the longevity or, I mean, that fruit gum, if you were a person, I've got a couple of people in my life I won't name any names, but it kind of pisses me off that uh, they chew gum for about 30 seconds to 3 minutes, so they might have picked fruit, I guess, in this one, but anyway, that was just a really, that was just one of those thoughts that I had today, sitting at my desk, super random, kind of bored, even though today was, today was fucking busy, Jesus, but I had a little bit of a break, I guess, and probably checking fantasy or fantasy lineups or something and just popped in my head and then I was like, oh, let's see what social media has to say. So that's how I got to that. Speaking of work, there are promises, there's rumors, there's speculation around the office that uh, the bosses in our office are going to give us Friday off. I'm not putting a lot of stock into it, but like, I got that feeling, you know, it's like when there was bad weather in the area and you were like, uh, I bet we might get tomorrow off, like for a snowstorm. I bet we get, we, we probably get tomorrow off, you know? And then you're like sitting there, like at your house or whatever. And you're like, probably not. And I'm not going to tell myself that we're going to. But that feeling in the back of your head, dude. 
I have that feeling in the back of my head. I don't, I literally don't think we're going to get Friday off, but <laughs> I'd be lying to you guys if I wasn't thinking about it. That'd be really nice because we are in wedding week. When you hear this, we will be five days away from Michael Briggs and Logan Stadell getting married. Um, and it's somewhere in Kansas. I still, oh, Burlington. I'll be out in old Burlington, Kansas this weekend, having some fun, going to see some people I haven't seen in a while. Got my suit in the mail, groomsman suit in the mail today, tried it on, fits like a glove. I'll be easily, I'll be easily in the top three best looking groomsmen. So... I've got that to look forward to. You know. <laughs> Not to get too ahead of myself, but uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. We're staying at a super cool looking B&B. Shout out to whoever got us that B&B. I think it was probably the Stadell's mom, but I mean, this place, this place was like a five-star resort, so looking forward to that. Hope maybe, Hopefully maybe there's a hot tub. That'd be nice. Couple drinks in the hot tub, not bad. I wanted to get to a, a couple weird little things that have been really chapping my ass since I moved to uh, Cape Girardeau. Uh, I haven't had very many complaints at all, but dude, this this comes from a guy who kind of suffers from a bit of road rage. So take that with with the perspective as you listen. If you don't have road rage, you probably won't be able to relate to this. But if you do have road rage, the two, in my opinion, my my biggest road rage stems from stop signs and stop lights. Um, I just hate, they just, you know, they ruin your flow, obviously. Stop signs, for the most part, people... Just like forget the rules of driving when you pull up to them. I almost exclusively start waving the other person through when I get to a stop sign because it's just going to be easier in the long run. I might as well not even try myself to go, you know? Like just let them go and then like it's clearly your turn. Because otherwise you're going to like creep out there over the line and then like they're going to creep and then you're going to stop. But then they see you creep, and so then you're gonna, they're gonna stop, and then you're like, oh wait, no, you go, and then that person waves at you, and I don't know, you go, and it's just like, fuck, <laughs> one of us needs to just go. So I am, I am coming to a stop at a stop sign, and I'm already flashing that person to come through, and I know the way I've always been taught is. If you in a car pull up to the stop sign at the exact same time, then it's the car on the right that gets to go first. So, that's how, but I don't think, maybe that is the incorrect way, because I don't think many people either A, know that, or B, practice that. So, hopefully, maybe somehow this podcast gets out there to where people will hear this, because... 
let's just all buy into the right hand method, you know? Let's just all buy in. It'd just be a lot easier if we were all on the same page. I don't think we're on the same page. So, I think Cape Girardeau leads at least the state of Missouri per capita in amount of stop signs for a town. I mean, it is stupid. I go through, on my way to work every morning, I go through four, four stop signs. That doesn't even, all four-way stops, like, it doesn't make any sense. It, this, this morning, the freaking stop sign line was, like, back to this, it was probably, like, halfway between the stop sign and my house. I mean, the line was ridiculous. They gotta leave early for work, which, you shouldn't, you wouldn't think I'd have to in Cape Girardeau. It's not like I have a commute, like, if there was no traffic, my work would be legitimately five minutes from my, from my uh, apartment, so, it just doesn't make any sense, there's, oh, you just, ugh, and then, <laughs> moving forward, to stoplights, um, I am notoriously bad at, uh, well, not, notor- not, not, I wouldn't say bad, but I'm notorious for running yellow lights, honestly, at this point in my driving career, uh, <laughs> I almost make it a game. I mean, shout out my boy Alex Austin. He knows what to do through yellow light. But that's a different story for a different day. But, um, I can't catch one, dude, here in Cape Girardeau. I can't catch a single light. I have been getting just absolutely mollywopped by these stoplights. It's been horrible. And Cape has, like, all these super close together stoplights. So, like, if you don't catch one, you're definitely not going to get the next one. So, it's almost like a thing of, like, per, like every time you get in, every time I get in my truck, it's like, alright, if I get the first green light, it's going to be a good drive. But if I don't, if I don't, dude, it's, it's over. I mean, that, the... Like, for example, like, in the, in your phone, when you put in your, like, where you're going, your address, and you say, like, hey, I'm going to the store, or whatever. Well, like, it, it includes, like, traffic and stuff. Well, it took, it took me, like, 14 minutes to go two miles. So they have to be including, like, stoplights and stop signs and that. There's just no other way. Because that shouldn't take me that long. It's ridiculous. But I feel like an old man kind of griping about that. But I have, I probably have uh, clinically diagnosed road rage. <laughs> I definitely do. So, oh well. Had to get that off my chest. Really, when you look at it though, that's the worst thing that happened to me today. I'm probably doing okay. So, Speaking of my day, work's been going well. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the SEMO volleyball team. They went 3-0 in their first tournament, won the tournament. Excellent job. Want to give a quick shout out to the SEMO soccer team while they ended up losing. They went 
to Mississippi State and only lost uh, 1-0. So a lot of positives to take away from that. I covered both those sports, so I felt like I should give a special shout-out. The soccer team, they're kind of grinders. They got a bunch of injuries right now, and they, uh, they're just kind of out there. They're out there putting together games, and uh, they're, they're finding ways to win, even though they came a little short on Sunday. That's an SEC opponent, so you got to figure they're pretty good. And scouting them and looking at their stats and stuff, they were pretty good. So, uh, Moving on to my weekend, uh, as you heard, Saturday, old John Seabag stopped in. We had a great time. Uh, we got down to the pool, hung out, had some drinks by the pool. It was unbelievable. Uh, had a lot of good convos, watched college football all day long. That was awesome. We had a TV out by the pool down here at Old Legends, so, uh, we had that game on and it was nice. Sorry, Nebraska. Oh my lord. Nebraska football. What's wrong? I mean, that was just bad. Poor Nebraska. We won't get into that, though. I'll save that for Thursday. But the weekend was good. John and I went to a new... Uh, oh, new place to eat alert. I had not been yet. New place alert in Cape Girardeau. It's called Dexter's Barbecue. Whew! I got in there and ordered myself a slab of ribs and a couple things of brisket. I was asleep by 10 p.m. Saturday night, Cape Girardeau Mel. Ate myself to sleep. John and I got Andy's afterwards. <laughs> you just, you can't beat barbecue and ice cream. I mean, how much, and sweet tea. I mean, how much more American does that get, you know? Honestly, not much because those are just American staples right there. Some good old frozen custard. Cookie dough with M&M's. Jackhammer. Get out of here. You don't do it like me. That's just, it's just too good, you know? Oh, it was good. Great weekend. Sunday, sat around, did absolutely nothing. Started Peaky Blinders. I know I'm a little late to the party. I was late to the party on Yellowstone, and honestly, glad I was late to that party because the end of that party, whoo, I was having a good time. What a show that was. So I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward for sure to Peaky Blinders. Quick little tangent, I'm watching the Cardinals game here while I'm recording. We're up 3-1 to one in the bottom of the 7th. Uh, we just took out... John Lester threw a hell of a game. Six and a third or six and two thirds more than two. I don't remember how many outs there were. I am not very confident. I honestly would think they're going to lose. This is the exact same scenario that they had yesterday against the Pirates. They were up three to one in the bottom of the eighth and ended up losing four to three. Shout out Alex Reyes. So I've got a feeling that we could be in for something here. Later on in the podcast, I might have my live reaction to the Cardinals. So, hopefully, though, 
I'm in, uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Unlike my college football bets from the weekend. Oof. Sorry about that if you took my advice. I really hope that you didn't because I'd feel bad, honestly. 0-3. Couldn't have gotten off to a worse start. Blaine, uh, Blaine pretty much beat me up uh, on the bets this weekend, but hopefully, uh, you know, if I lose week zero, so be it. Shout out Blaine, but come on. I use it as a preseason, you know? I'm ready to go now. So, got that out of my system. Looking to get some momentum this weekend. There'll be love in the air. I have to win bets this weekend. I've got good luck, good fortune coming towards me this weekend. Last thing I'll say about the week two. I, you know what? I lied to you. I got two things to say about the weekend as well. Friday night, Chiefs game. Won't say much about it. Wait for Blaine, but I just want to touch it. I mean, that team looks... The first quarter Chiefs... Those Chiefs... Those Chiefs would go 16-1 and one or better. Of course, there's going to be things that happen. I don't think that we're going to go 16-1 and one or better. But if nothing happens to those first quarter Chiefs, those Chiefs could be the next undefeated team in NFL history, besides the 72 Dolphins. So, we'll see. Optimism uh, in the air. Kansas City, last what they see. Uh, had my fantasy draft last night. Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback. Shout out to the Wilcoxes, but my lineup is really good. Um... <coughs> <coughs> Uh, but I've played fantasy football long enough, and I know that things can really happen. So, can't get too ahead of myself. Got to go week by week. I play uh, Sam Parrish um, in the first first week of the season. So, we'll see. I feel good about the game, but, you know, you just never know. You just never know fantasy football. I can't wait. And the last thing that I have from the weekend, I got to touch on the Paul versus Woodley fight. Um, I really didn't even care. I didn't even watch it live. Um, but I did watch the highlights. Um, and I just wanted to touch on, like, I think Jake Paul is, like, a legit... Not, not that he hasn't been before, but, I mean, he looked really good in the ring last night, honestly, from what I saw. And this is all spec- This is all based on just highlights. I'm not... I have a very lacking knowledge of the f- sport of fighting. I think I know a lot about it, but, like, boxing, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. UFC, a little bit different, but... Um, Jake Paul moves well in there. And Tyron Woodley, I know this, he wrestled at the University of Missouri. He's not a striker. And, I mean, Jake Paul has all the advantage. 
He first off, he's boxing a wrestler, so there's an advantage. Jake Paul's a YouTube guy. He's not he's not a professional fighter now. He is, but he wasn't. Tyron Woodley, that's his career professional professional fighting. So he has nothing to lose. If Jake Paul loses, he's supposed to, in the eyes of non-fight fans like myself. Like I love UFC. I love boxing, but like. That fight doesn't bother me. That fight probably bothers a boxing enthusiast or a UFC enthusiast. Like, they think that a lot of people think that Jake Paul's making a mockery, but he's winning. <laughs> That's what's crazy. And I like, I agree. I, I don't know all the intricacies of the scoring system in boxing, but I definitely think that Jake Paul won. I saw a lot more big hits, a lot more combos, a lot. I don't know why. I don't even think Tyron Woodley really attacked the body of Jake Paul. And it didn't really look like he could get to him. Jake, I think he got a little tired in like the fifth and sixth round. Somehow found a second win to finish the seventh and eighth. Because I think it was either the seventh or the eighth round. Jake clipped him. But that's one thing that Tyron's going to have. Like a guy like Tyrone. Tyrone. Uh, I mean... As a wrestler, those dudes have crazy endurance. I mean, he was—he probably wasn't nearly as tired as Jake Paul was. There were several times in the highlights, at least, that Jake Paul was going to the clinch, um, try to get some air, some extra air. I—I I don't think Tyron looked like he was uh, tired at all, really. But they said in the ring they were going to run it back. I don't even know who Tommy Fury is, but there was a video of him and Jake Paul backstage, nose to nose, wanting to fight each other. I, I, I think maybe Tommy Fury is another YouTube guy. He weirdly sounds like Tyson Fury, who's actually like the heavyweight champion of the world right now. But that's not him, and I don't think there's any relation, even though they are both British. So, I don't know. But hey, I think that kind of thing is really good for boxing. It's obviously a dying sport. The UFC has just surpassed it by years and years. I mean, it's not even close. Um, I could name you like three boxers, maybe four if you include Jake Paul. And I could name you a lot of UFC fighters. Um, I've definitely gotten into the UFC, definitely from listening to Rogan. And my buddy Lucas is a big UFC guy. And my brother, huge UFC guys. So I've definitely gotten a lot more into it. Uh, and I watch all the, pretty much all the big fights and anything that's free. But uh, those are just my observations from that fight last night. It's just too big to not talk about. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It's ridiculous how much influence this guy has. Because, like, that many people didn't know who Tyron Woodley was last night. Like, everybody was tuning in to see Jake Paul. Just, it happened to be that Tyrone was old Tyrone. He was fighting Jake Paul. But, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's all that I wanted to cover. Um. Damn, it feels good to be back solo. I like the feeling. This has been a lot of fun, man. I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, it's given me stuff to look forward to it, you know, to get to get off work. And I encourage you guys to eat right, 
get some exercise. It's really helped me big time. I feel a lot better. Talking out loud like this has helped me a lot. I feel good, man. I just wanted to brag on it for a second. I can't, uh, I can't deny it. I feel great. So, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we're getting ready to, I'm getting ready to have my buddy Lucas on here in just a couple minutes. So, we're going to get over there to that in about 30 seconds. So, hope hope to hear from you guys. You know, you guys give me any suggestions you want to hear about, topics. Feel free, send it to the podcast, figure it out, underscore pod, uh, DMs on Instagram or Twitter. You can send them to my DMs on uh, Twitter or Instagram at chancall86. Um, and here's the Lucas interview. All right, everybody. Welcome back in. Big, big interview tonight with my buddy, Lucas Gant. Lucas, how are you, buddy? Doing man, doing great, Chan the man. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. We played video games yesterday, so it hasn't been too long. But um, been a while since we've hung out, honestly, since that night. Oh, no, yep, that last night we sent you off in the only way that I would like it. Just per- what would you, what would you say? Perusing around Springfield is that is that the word? Yeah, we perused. I yeah, was we perused. Um. So Lucas is going to stop by tonight. We're going to talk a little FCS football. For those of you that don't know what the FCS is, it's Division One AA football. It's what Missouri State is. Um, it's what SEMO is. And um, essentially what it is, is just a big difference in money. Um, money and scholarships. Yeah, money and the number of scholarships at a school uh, allots its, its athletics programs. But um, – the competition's great. It's still really, really good football, obviously. So we're going to talk about some games in this week one slot that involve FCS teams. But before we do that, Lucas, big news today that just came out. Um, this is on the hardwood. Bears Hoops announced their schedule. So do the SEMO Redhawks, and they play November 9th at the Q. I, I, mean, I, I mean, that's to be expected. I think we play every year. You got uh, Coach Corn down there, who is a Paul Lusk prodigy. That's right. Protege, not prodigy. Prote- protege. Yeah. Formerly at Missouri State, formerly at Kansas State. Correct. Um, yeah, I'm uh, pretty excited about that game. That'll be sick. It's, it's in Springfield, like I said. I don't think that they play that much. I well, I know. Murray. Murray's more of the team I remember. Correct, but I I remember we played them at we played them a home and away at least three or four years ago. So that we I know we played them a home a home and away whenever I was whenever I did a little back and forth of managing with basketball. Mm-hmm. I know we did a home and away with them back to back years. So that's the only reason in my head I, I I might have said it wrong where I thought we played a lot, but I know we did a home and away at least three or four years ago. Right. Okay. Well, regardless. But, um, yeah, that'll be a yeah. good game. I still don't know that much about SEMO basketball. Um, from what I've gathered from last year, they won a Ohio Valley Conference tournament game. Like, they were good enough to get to the tournament, won a game, whatever, and then lost, I think, in, in, the, uh, in the second round. So, 
I mean, a decent year. Pretty on par with the Bears of late. So, um, if I had to guess, though, I would say Missouri State's a little bit better. Well, then I'm just to go back to it. Like, I don't know how much you're going to be in love with it because that's going that program's going to run just like it did ours for a while. I mean, you got Pickens down there as as a as assistant coach, and you got Corn who are going to run it just like Lust did. And I mean, you're I know you're not the big Lust guy. He's a I mean, fantastic human being. Um, yeah, he could be a really good guy. Um, he had one of the only draft picks ever in Missouri State history and, like, barely made the Valley Tournament. So, I don't like to talk crap on people, but I'll just leave that at that. You can take that for what you will. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So really know what kind of coach you have there. In Creighton now is where he is. I believe he's the assistant coach at Creighton, right? Uh, I, that could be right because I know, I know him and McDermott were always pretty tight. He almost – became the head coach after McDermott did that uh, little racial slur. Was he, the, was, he, was he the one that they were going to just bump up like interim or they were actually going to like hire him? Well, I don't know because McDermott got suspended, remember? So I think maybe Lusk was the coach for a couple games maybe. Oh, I did not – I didn't pay attention to that well enough then I guess because that – I did not was, know that. It was like right before the big – what's Creighton in the Big East? Yeah, it was right before the tournament. I remember that all came out. Yeah, he had a racial slur, and they, but they held on to him. I guess they had a team heart to heart or whatever. But well, that yeah, that, that kid came out and defended him. That he that was like the team captain. Oh really? He has that, yeah, he has that weird. It's not like Zalatorius, like the golfer, but it's something like that. Okay. He came out. He came out and defended him. So That's yeah, a school that I don't know anything about. I don't know one thing. Private Catholic school and. Nebraska? Yeah, why would you? I've only known one person who goes to Creighton or went to Creighton, and they go there right now, and that's Zach Trick's little sister. She just started, <laughs> so. I know I know of one person that's a friend of a friend, and that's it. Yeah. Pharmacy school there. Really? Yeah, one of Johnny's friends. His name's Lou, LJ. It's probably a more yeah. popular school the more north you go, right? Where- well, that and all of, all of his friends are all – Catholics as all went to Catholic high school together. So right. It makes more sense. Zach Drake, Catholic. There you go. Creighton, Kansas City. Johnny Rowe, Kansas City. It, it there we up. go. Connections. Okay. All right, Lucas. Well, let's get into the FCS here. My favorite division one football. Um, I mean, it's such like people just don't get it. And I'm sure people I don't want to take – I'm not trying to take over, but I'm just saying people aren't going to probably like it because they don't know enough about it. No. FCS football is so good. Well, Lucas, I'm not doing this podcast yeah. uh, because I care about people think. I'm doing it because I want to talk about it. So we're going to talk about FCS football. It's damn good football. And I want to start with the Bears at the Cowboys. Missouri State heads uh, on the road to Stillwater, Oklahoma this uh, – this weekend, they're going to take on Oklahoma State at, what, 6 p.m.? Yeah. Great Correct. start time. Sun will be down. And those Oklahoma State fans will be a booming. You would have to imagine so. The only reason that it wasn't – it was pretty packed when we played them, like when I played them, but it was also on a Thursday. So, I think we got a little less of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling post-COVID – First game of the year, 
decent opponent for the Cowboys, uh, it's going to be rocking. Well, it's it's something familiar. I mean, they, they people people from people in Stillwater know where Springfield, Missouri is at. They're like, oh, this team's coming in from Springfield. Like you just said, they're going to be off a whole year where they all didn't get to go out and have fun. School's been in for a, over a week there. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just yearning for something to do. Right. They're going to come out. I know what you're saying two years ago. Yeah, the crowd wasn't that crazy. And it was a little bit of a letdown because, you know, you expect those with those what I don't know what they call those big boards. They just slam six feet yeah, behind the, us. The paddles. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. paddles were there, though. Those. Are yeah, but they're like, I don't remember them being like thunderous. Like they really I mean, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like a packed house, like like a normal like Big 12 game. But yeah. true. And it probably won't be post halftime either. Yeah, you're but right. The first half will be will be booming. Well, so, okay, tell me, I think Oklahoma State, obviously, I think they're going to win. But starting quarterback for the Bears is? You can guess. The transfer from Utah State? I would assume so. I mean, I don't want to – if somebody comes on here and is like, Lucas, you can't be giving away details, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to get in trouble. But if you watch anything, he's been taking all the one reps, and it's likely that. But, you know. Oh, so they haven't announced it yet. I don't think he has. Okay. I do not think so he's still up in it. the air, but we have a pretty good idea of who it's going to be. I honestly don't know anything about Oklahoma State uh, other than I think they're supposed to have a bit of a down year. Uh, they lost Chuba. Um, so that's a- they're not projected very high because, I mean, they lost – I think they graduated a couple seniors on the offensive line. They obviously lost that junior, uh, junior offensive lineman. Those are best linemen to the draft. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, was that his name? Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they lost him. You know they're gonna. You know they're just gonna replenish big dudes. Like they always have big dudes, so they're probably gonna replenish. But I don't think they're gonna be like as highly touted as they have been. Correct. I don't think their offense will be, but I think that they're a team that sneakily has like some sort of legit defense every year. Well, that too, and you know they they lost all their like huge playmakers at wide receiver because you remember we watched that kid. He's in the league now. What yeah. was his name? Uh, Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean they they lost a bunch. Um, okay, here's somebody else that we played it. We played him at two schools, Oklahoma State and Tulane. Dylan Stoner. He plays for the No, you're you're getting confused. No. No, that wasn't the Tulane guy. Yes, Taylor. it was. Dylan Stoner. We played him because he was the punt returner at both Oklahoma State and Tulane. Like I legit played against him. I thought it was the other. It was another little small kid, kind of like Tylen Wallace, that went. We played him at Oklahoma State, then we went to Tulane, and we played him at Tulane, and he was there. Jalen McCleskey. There you go. That's who it is. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, Dylan Stoner. I swear, went to Tulane. No, no, no. Stoner was a, I remember he was a little, he's like a little white kid, right? He's probably like six foot, like 188. He plays for the Patriots and looks like Wes Walker. Correct. Yep. That's him. He was a, he was a transfer into Oklahoma state and was like, like whenever we played him that year, he was supposed to be, but he was just like a, like a kind of worked his way up. Yeah. Just grinding. a guy that's like doing the right thing all the time. Correct. Yeah. Okay, yes. But McCleskey dude. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen McCleskey. Yeah. Um, so, Lucas, uh, score prediction for that game? 
I mean, I don't know, man. We look, we look so good throughout camp in this last week of practice. I mean, I don't know if I could really narrow it down and put a score on it, but it is going to be a competitive game. Like a hundred percent, it's going to be competitive. Our defense, like, State's defense is really good. They're really good, and like, it doesn't get talked about enough. Like, cornerbacks aren't known to like come up and hit you in the mouth. We have cornerbacks that will come up and hit you in the mouth. Yeah. Montre Braswell is not a first-team All-American for no reason. Like, he didn't just get it because of those, what, the four picks he had in the, the return touchdowns. He'll hit you. He's a playmaker. Yeah, for sure. He's certified. Fun to watch. Um, and then – so that'll be a good game. Rooting for the Bears. Uh, we play, we've played Oklahoma State a lot, so it kind of just makes sense, like you said. Wrapping it's just – it's an easy trip. It really is. Like, just yeah. hop on the bus. They're great people there. Like, really I just got people. off the phone with one of their guys today. Like, they, they enjoy people coming in and just being, like, from a smaller-time school, just be like, hey – we're huge. We're big. We got a lot of money. We get it. But they're nice about it. It's like uh, they, they like they they like us coming and playing them. Right. Definitely. It's respectful. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, the next Let's game I've written down. This one's in my backyard this week. Semo versus a formidable opponent, the Southern Illinois Salukis from Carbondale. Now People in Springfield and people in Cape Girardeau can all agree uh, this Thursday at Hauk Field in Cape Girardeau at 6.30 that we're rooting for the Red Hawks. Um, both schools hate SIU. This is the battle – excuse me. This is the war for the wheel. Is it the wheel as in like the Mississippi River, like a wheel on a steamboat? It is like a steamboat wheel. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's exactly what they're fighting for. Carbondale is like 40 minutes away from here. I looked it up just a couple minutes ago. So it is uh, – it's actually a pretty big deal from what I've been told. It looks like there's been some really good games. Last year, I think SEMA won on a – like a last-second field goal. So, I mean, I, I the way I look at this game without having any prior knowledge besides what I know about SIU just from playing them, um, this game is a lot – take this with a big piece of salt, but it's like the Iron Bowl in some ways where it's just a toss-up. And is – so, like, you know, we know the Iron Bowl is always, like, a huge deal, obviously because the two yes. schools hate each other. But, but also it is they a, get a lot of the – they get a lot of the same, like, players from the same area. Is that the, the same thing? It's the exact same thing, the exact same area. There's like a triangle of this area that competes with each other, and it's three states. It's the Cape Girardeau, Missouri area, southern Illinois, and then western and like northwestern Kentucky because like Paducah, Kentucky is like sprinkled in with a lot of the things we do around here. Like, for example, like there's like a restaurant, Cape Girardeau, Sykeston, and Paducah. Yeah, like Paducah, like Great Lake. There's a Great Lake there. People go I've there on vacation, there. I've been told. From yeah. Here. So. Yeah, no, I, I think right whenever you were telling me you went out there, I was like, dude, because I know how much we love the lake. I told Paducah Lake, that's where my – because all my family's from SEMO. They have a place there. Everybody loves Paducah Lake. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that – everybody's from that same area. So, all the players know each other. Yeah. Based, not all of them, 
of course, but the majority of them, like, I know who this guy is, like a lot of dapping up after the game, but in yep. the game, it's going to be an intense rivalry and they want to beat and, each other. Yeah. And there's definitely been, I mean, there's like little nuances going on between the athletic departments. That's like clearly a rivalry game, like just little things like that. Is it like, are you, is it spewing over to Twitter? No, no. It's like little dickhead things. Like we haven't gotten like they're too deep yet or like things like that. Like things that you know they know that they're just not releasing yet. Correct. Just holding back some info. And I like it. That's a rivalry. And so you would want you would want to do that. I hope we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in charge of direct contact with SIU, so I can't have the final say, but I think we should do it. Well, I mean, we might be able to get some info. We know somebody that works there. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I'm yeah, but I'm not gonna put her on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave her name out of the podcast too. But yeah, we do know somebody at SIU give us some good some good info. Correct. Um, Speaking of people that we might know that also work in the FCS, Mm -hmm. our boy Brad Jarman. I'm so mad at myself for not watching Illinois. I'll see him this year. I'm so mad I didn't watch that game because, like, obviously it's not a good game. Nobody would enjoy watching it. I would have enjoyed watching that game, and it looked like an awesome game. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll he'll be uh, he'll be coming to Cape. I think the Panthers come here. I don't think we go to Eastern Illinois, but that's probably a good matchup. That just seems like a just a without talking what? shit on Brad and the Panthers. They're supposedly the doormat right now. Oh, they are. They're bad right now. Kind of like um, like our teams, maybe. Okay, I didn't know that. I because I, I really don't know anything about them. Yeah, like but, it's been like they played them last year and it was bad. So, but to wrap up, Semo versus SIU. I'm picking Semo. I'm a little worried though. SIU, um, really good depth on the offense. All of their offensive lines back, they have a nasty left tackle who's like a redshirt freshman or sophomore, one of the two, and uh, led by a really experienced uh, middle three. Um, and so I, I hope the, the, the counter to that, though, is the SEMO defensive line is really experienced, has some good beef, has legit defensive tackles. So hopefully – I think that's really going to be kind of one in the trenches, both skill positions, like wide receivers on both teams, defensive backs on both teams. Um, I think really comparable. I think the trenches are going to win it, and uh, we'll take the home team in the rivalry. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to pick 24-17, Simo. And I'm not doing this out of like Missouri like Missouri Valley bias. No, but yeah. Avante Cox, yeah. preseason All-American, mm-hmm. unbelievable. I can't remember. They just they named their starting quarterback. I think he was the starting quarterback when you played, got hurt or got benched or something. He's back. He's starting again because he wasn't the starting quarterback last year. No, so I know who the starting quarterback yeah. is, and um, his name is Nick Baker. Yeah. Um, number eight, I believe. He beat North Dakota State last year. That's been his that's been his uh Okay. All the all the things I'm reading about right now, um, that's like his claim to fame. Like Nick Baker led the Salukis to beat 
North Dakota State for the first time or whatever it is. But you, I think you are thinking of Stone Labanowitz. That's him. Yeah. Who, when Nick Baker got chosen to be the starting quarterback, he entered the transfer portal the next day. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, and he put out a big diatribe about how this decision loomed heavy on his heart and all that bullshit. But, I mean, dude, I mean. Stick it just, out. You just come out and say you want to yeah. go play somewhere. That I get that. I would just, like, I mean, that's a good football team. Like, if somebody ha- – if something happens to that QB, you're QB1. You're going to be on a good team. If you want to leave, now is the – like, you can stick it out for a year. You're getting a free – you got a free year last year. What's a year – like, what's a year going to hurt you for staying on a good team? Like, I don't have any idea. It's- and then to talk about trenches, I'm going to ju- I'm gonna leap forward because I just – he's ingrained in my brain. Okay. I, I think his number is 52, and he's the right guard. He's like six foot two, but yes. he weighs about three thirty, three thirty-five. Xavion for Kron. Mauler. Yes. Like if you went to like Madden and it said like top three of his attributes, it's just road grader. And I'm also pretty sure he's like a redshirt senior because I filled yeah, out he is, I filled out their roster today. So I think I think he's like a redshirt senior like six year. Like took because I'm pretty sure he was a senior last year, took the COVID year. And that's the thing too, when we get into it. If you weren't a draft prospect guy or somebody that was just done, you came back – they came back to school. Like, when I was looking through all the teams today, it's like returning 19 of 22 starters, 20 of 22 starters. Yeah. Everybody came back. Who was it? Uh, I think it was UCLA who leads the FBS in number of returners – or number of super seniors. I think Chip Kelly uh, said that on – Got him to buy in for another year and just yeah. lock it in. And, I mean, honestly, it kind of makes sense, dude, because I think they're going to – they look good. I did not watch that game, but I can only assume because I, I know that quarterback is, like – I don't I don't know if he's getting talked about. He's really good. Oh, and what's his name? I just slipped my mind. Uh, Dorian, Dorian Thompson. Dorian, Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He is really good. But Hawaii is a formidable opponent. I mean, they can make some noise in the Mountain West. They're always decent. Like, I mean, if you if you have to make that twelve hour, whatever flight it is out to Hawaii, you're not going to play your best. They're going to steal. They always steal two or three games at Hawaii that they should win. Yeah, but they got bitch slapped by UCLA. I, well, I mean, you just said it. They returned a bunch of guys, and they have a quality quarterback. Yeah. So UCLA may be on the rise. But um, all right, Lucas, you ready to get into the FCS slate, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm curious to see how many we have that overlap. So I have I'm, so I've already I'm talked thinking. about I've already talked about two games. Neither of those were a part of this segment. This segment is week one FCS potential upsets with Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> what a segment. Um, so I have six here remaining that I want to talk about. Let's see if we overlap any. I'll just go down my list and we can we can talk about it off that okay do you just you want to go one by one because i the way i kind of picked them i kind of picked them in the slate of games like okay. the thursday friday saturday is the way i kind of picked them in order yeah do you have yours that. in order yeah let's do that okay what the, my first one then is is a thir- is a thursday night game 
Okay. UAB UAB versus Jacksonville State. I didn't write any like times down next to mine, so I don't know any of that. But yes, that's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, I knew it was one of the first ones. Oh. Yeah, dude, that's a win. That's this Wednesday. Um, I I'll pull it didn't up. even realize. I completely forgot that UAB is FBS. Yeah. Oh, and I this think, is. A- I think UAB is on the road. It, that's one. It's a rivalry game. It's UAB playing at uh, Jacksonville State, which is in maybe Birmingham. Is it crazy? No, UAB is University of Alabama, Birmingham. I'm an idiot. Jacksonville State, I'm going to go with Montgomery, Alabama. Is it crazy to say Jacksonville, Alabama? Wait. I mean, Uh-oh. just maybe. I Lucas, I'm not saying Lucas really could have talked his way into a pickle here and looking like an absolute dummy. It's in Montgomery. Okay. I, I don't know if Jacksonville State is in Montgomery, but the game is in Montgomery. Got it. Alabama. Because they are playing the Crampton Bowl. What's Crampton? I said that right. C R A M T O N. Crampton. Okay. Sounds like a good bowl game, honestly. Crampton. Yeah. But and so what I was going to say about that game, I think it's a I I think the betting line. If people, I'm obviously not going to gamble, and I'm not allowed to. But if people wanted to, Jacksonville State's only I think they're plus fourteen and a half, which is crazy when you got an FBS versus an FCS matchup. Yeah. Jacksonville State returning Zarek Cooper. Didn't play all last spring because he got injured. Don't know exactly what the injury was. Coming back, you know what his career totals are? 8,000 yards total, 80 touchdowns. Quarterback? Quarterback. Didn't play all last all, – all in the spring. or They played a few games in the fall and then some of the spring, kind of like us at Missouri State. Didn't play all those, and I think they won nine games, and he didn't even play. He's back. This seems like a very scary game for UAB. Wow. That's good stuff there. Holy shit. Yeah. 8,000 yards. And only 14 and a half point dogs. You see, you think something's fishy, kind of. It's, I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. It actually makes sense. Like, no, I'm saying like something's fishy for UAB. Like, they are in trouble of getting upset. Correct. Absolutely. Big Big time in trouble. The only thing that does scare me is that the, it's so close. Like, even if Jacksonville State, really good FCS program, you really don't think – I mean, unless Vegas just gets it just like I get it. But that's UAB the only reason it scares me. It's not that good. And I'm not even for sure really why they are FBS. I think they won a conference championship two years ago. Really? Uh, yeah, I think they won a conference USA championship. Or a share of Conference USA, yeah, buddy. I mean, like I thought Florida Atlantic was pretty good, aren't they? In Conference USA. Um, when Kiffin was there, if you're saying a couple of years, no, ago. Com- Conference USA, yeah, FA using that, but that, yeah, but I mean, that's I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, look, I think it was like let's go with 2019. Sure. I, I'm sorry, listeners. Uh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, they went. They went nine and nine and four. They won a they share of the conference championship. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm completely wrong. 
So, I mean, obviously, no, I mean, they're obviously having a down year, but I know they have not, like, that was the year after they brought it back, right? Surely. Yeah, because I think 18 went past Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Huh. Correct. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So. Wow. But I think we're on to something. I, like I said, that's something to watch. Upset alert. Yeah. Okay, folks. UAB, Jacksonville State. Upset alert. Watch. You heard it here. Right. That's in two days, people. So don't forget about that. Um, on ESPN. I think yeah. it's on ESPN. It is on ESPN. So you should yeah. be able to get the game. Correct. Um, okay. My game uh, that I picked here, I'll start with South Dakota State versus Colorado State. So that's uh, a little bit for you guys. You got SDSU versus Colorado State? Yeah. Yeah. I can't possibly see Colorado State being that good. I know all about South Dakota State. They're going to go down there with a work-like mentality, and they're just going to try to go down there and beat them up, really. Um, I think the best way for South Dakota State to win this game is they're probably not more athletic, but maybe they are. But I would just try to go right through them. I, I mean, I know that their offensive defensive lines are big enough to keep up with Colorado State. They're playing Colorado, different story. But Colorado State, I don't think that there's that much of a talent discrepancy. STSU is a top five program in the FCS, easily, easily a top five program. Um, and I think they go there, and I think I don't know what the line is, but I would take them to cover, and they might even win. Um, I like you said everything. Everything you said is correct. The only thing you really didn't mention is. They have probably the two best pure running backs in the Valley, or I even might even say FCS. Yeah. That are, their running backs are going to be better than Colorado State. They have a combination of Pierre Strong, mm-hmm. who you, you know of, who tore us up as a freshman. Oh, yeah, he did. I think he has like 3,300-some-odd yards in his career already, and I think he's a technically a junior. Yeah. And then they had the kid from Joplin, Missouri, shout out 417, Isaiah Davis. 417. Who rushed, who had like 10 total touchdowns last year and almost rushed for 1,000 yards. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about him, actually. And, He's a freak. Uh, yeah. And not to mention, they were like a play away from being national champions. So, And that was with their backup quarterback. Mark, yeah. uh, his name's Mark Gronowski. Didn't even play. Like, uh, he might have played. I, I can't remember if he got hurt early. Or if it was the game before, yeah. But they were a play away from a natty with their backup quarterback. Yeah, and against Pronounce a really a really good Semo or not Semo Sam Houston State team. That was, I mean, that was just a dream season for them. Undefeated, ten and zero, crazy. I hope so because Semo goes to Sam Houston week two. That's an out of conference matchup. Why'd they do that? I mean, good opponent, I'd say. I mean, you scheduled SIU. Tough out of conference. Yeah, but that's every SIU is built in. That's every year. So you got to figure out. And get this. I learned this today. Okay. So I've known this for a while. This has been public. Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State just left the Ohio Valley. Like just up and left. So they only have like either there was 10 teams and now there's only eight or there was eight teams and there's only six. But Semo technically plays Murray and UT Martin twice this year, and only two of them count. 
is that what people is are they calling it like the a7 or something like that did they go join like the a7 i think so some sort is that of what Atlant- it's called i think it's called the atlantic sun a, it's a sun something else or a7 it's got like three names because it's brand new is that that's 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 what you're talking about yeah, but so they just like broke their contract with the Ohio Valley, and I guess the conference is suing them because they didn't pay their exit fee. How do we know? Was there a, like a, an amount disclosed? Yes, apparently it's like a two million dollar exit fee. Really? And that's a hit on a program like programs like us. So that's what I'm think about. Whenever you guys were all maniacs about us us leaving the Missouri Valley like yeah come on i mean but you can dream <laughs> and dude if you're gonna go to the big 12 i mean i know that we weren't really gonna go to the big 12 but like imagine if missouri state somehow got to go to the big 12 i mean you're paying the exit fee <laughs> you're gonna make the money up did you uh i'm you know what i'm not gonna say it you've built the word into my head because you've said it so much on the podcast i was about to say you want to jump off on a tangent I'm not gonna say it even though i just did I've been tangenting a lot, dude. You love the tangent. I'm good did at you, it. When we're talking about us leaving or whatever, did you read the article with Moats and Wyatt? No. Don't tell me anything about it. I want to get into it. So let's yeah. actually not call it a tangent. I okay. want to read that. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Give, then give that a read if anybody's interested. I know you are. Give it a read. It was a good article. Is it through the newsletter? Yeah. Okay. Springfield newsletter if you're interested. All right, Lucas, what's your next game? Let's jump back at it. I'll get back in order on my board. So I'm not going to call it – I'm not really going to call this one like even like a potential upset. I just kind of interested in it is uh, UC Davis, and I think they're playing Tulsa at Tulsa. Mm. Tulsa. Tulsa lost a lot of people. They're not that good. UC Davis is like a top 15 FCS program that just pounds the rock, plays defense, and they've got this guy, Ulonzo Gilman, who was a who's obviously he's the first team in his conference, who who's rushed for a total of like 3,400 yards in his career. Just absolutely pound the rock, play defense, going to Tulsa. I just think they'll keep it close and people will be like, what's this UC Davis team keeping up with Tulsa? Right. It's really, I don't know if they can beat it. I don't know if they have enough enough studs. The biggest problem I see with Tulsa is that they're not – no, they're not the best FBS team, but they've always had pretty high-potent offenses. True. That's so true. And then, like, people really don't ever talk about it enough. That Oklahoma talent it's is nasty. It's really good. And when you have two massive – maybe even three, I don't – I think it's two, but maybe three – of just giant high school football, high schools in Tulsa. Broken, Broken Arrow. Jinx. Uh, what's Jinx? Union. Union, yeah. So, yeah, the area. Football. I don't think Oklahoma football is talked about enough. I think some That's what I was saying. Oklahoma. Yeah. People really don't talk about it. And it's like. It's just because it's sandwiched right next to Texas. And it's just never going to get the recognition. Correct. But, so not much to talk about on that game. Just It's just like if you see it, if you're watching the board, you're getting a little bored, and you see UC Davis making, like, keeping it close. Don't yeah. be surprised. Okay. Love it. 
Okay. I am sticking with the Mount Rushmore State, dude. I'm sticking in the state of South Dakota. We're going with the yep. South Dakota Coyotes versus the Kansas Jayhawks. In On my board. Orleans. I'm yeah. not for sure. I don't know that Kansas should be favored. <laughs> what well, was two years ago, a bad Indiana State team went in there and had a beat, should have beat them. We and we beat this Indiana State team. Yeah, like, so, yeah. I wasn't... don't know. Did, I don't know if you remember last year when we played South Dakota. Did you Did you watch the whole game? Or you went? I, I was there. Yeah, you went to it. Oh yeah, so that I was kid. There. So you know they like totally. They got a new OC. They totally revamped their offense last that year. Kid, or like in the spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that kid that was slinging that rock was a true freshman. Yeah, I didn't know that, and he had an absolute. Cannon, yeah, Carson Camp's his name, and it kind of actually ended up helping us because he like got really freshmany and he got really overconfident. But if he can convert that confidence into smartness, that he's a legit quarterback. Their running back was really good, shifty. Yeah, couldn't tackle. He was number two, right? Yep. Yeah, and shifty. shifty, but also strong. He was hard to tackle. He 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 was like he would shift and into like an absolute truck. Yeah, and uh, you know, first year for Kansas's head coach, I believe it's Lance Leopold. Um, you know, I think the Jayhawks have got to be on upset alert, um, kind of like they are. In, well, not kind of like they are. They should be on the the seat to lose this week. I'd say. So. Yeah, because and I, I was I was doing some looking at it too. Like you got the Carson Camp, the freshman quarterback, who's going to who had a whole season of experience built up now. And then I think he had a kid. His name's Caleb Vanderesh, no relation to Layton, who's got a total of ninety three career receptions. Just an absolute safety valve if he needs it. Is that and South Dakota I'm, or Kansas? I'm talking about South Dakota still. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm pretty sure they have a first team All American linebacker. Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but I know they their linebacking core is one of their best cores. And if you can bring a, an experienced linebacking core, like I mean, that's just that's just going to lead your defense to success. I mean, that's what that's what we're going to have this year, right? I think I think for sure the Coyotes can beat Kansas. It's just one hundred percent. There's not a I mean, there's not a whole lot of dive to dive into because I don't know much about Kansas football. But I know South Dakota football. I know no more puka. No puka for Kansas. Puka's gone. Nine toes. Zero quarterbacks. I. I mean, they. None of their quarterbacks last year were good. I think they all played. We um, do know. We do know one of their cornerbacks though. Oh yes, Jeremy Webb. Correct. He's there. Transfer. So, yeah, I guess he'll know, he'll know a little bit about South Dakota. I guess. Correct. That'll be a fun watch. Just if you're one to watch it, Missouri State. Yeah. Product. Mm-hmm. True. Yep. I think this was your next game. Anything else you got on that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, let me uh, let me look at my board and see what I want to talk about next. Um, it looks like people. I want to talk about UNI versus Iowa State. Now, Chandler, I don't want you to say anything. Just let me talk for a second here because this is going to sound dumb because Iowa State 
is number seven in the nation, returning just about everybody, absolute playmakers across the board. But that's not really going to matter to me because you and I have been there before, took them to three or four overtimes the last time they were there. I can't remember if it was four. I'm pretty sure it was three. And their quarterback is back, Will McElwain, who was in that environment, absolute gritty, gritty, gritty guy. Let me look up. I've got to find Chandler. I don't want you to chime in. I've got this. Yep. Yeah, four overtime, absolute thriller. And everybody that was on that UNI team is back. They have the preseason player of the year in Jared Brinkman, who is an absolute load of people. This you play defensive end? No, D tackle Chandler, three technique. Okay. Did you get? Did you get that? You're gonna you're gonna need those kind of guys when you're going up against a team like Iowa State. Who That's what I was just saying. I think I said it wrong when I was looking it up. It was three overtimes. Yeah. Did you remember watching that game? You and I versus Iowa State. Yes, I remember that. And that was a freshman, Will McElwain, who's back. He's back, and then I mean, I've watched this Brinkman kid, Chandler. This kid has all of the weight room records at UNI. I think he oh. benches. I mean, I don't want to say 550 pounds because, I mean, he benches 550 pounds and squats like 700. The kid is an absolute load. It t- you, if you don't put two people on him, he's disrupting. Yeah. And I, I prefaced it earlier. I'm not calling this because this is just dumb to say. You and I is just not going to go in there and beat the number seven team in the nation. They're just not. But, like, I have this you know one they're gonna circled play. as my best. Did you? I had this one on my list, yeah. And like, I, I know I know Brock Purdy's back. Like, yeah. I get that. Like, I know Brees Hall is back. I, I get that. They're all back, yeah. They're all back. I don't care. You and I is going to be like, – it's an in-state rivalry. Yeah. They're going to be tough to beat. They've got the guys. They've got the dudes. It's a tough game every year, and it'll be the best FCS, FBS matchup, I think, of the year. I mean, yeah, like we can say that and sit here and we could be totally wrong. But on paper and just from past experience, this is a tight game. It's always going to be a tight game. Yeah, we could be wrong this year, but look out for Jared Brinkman. That kid's unreal. He's going to be, he's going to get drafted. He'll go to the NFL. 100%. Yeah. That was, that was my, that was my next game I had on the board. Do you have one? Oh, yeah, we're moving on here. I have a good one here, and this actually should surprise you. Well, I may not surprise you, but kind of catch you off guard. I've got Eastern Washington versus UNLV. Eastern Washington, last five games played, they're 4-1. and one. UNLV, last five, 0-5. Oh I know that last year doesn't mean much, but that kind of seems like it means a little bit to me. Eastern Washington is kind of like the West Coast, North Dakota State. They're always around. They're always winning. Um, they pretty much 
dominate the big sky. I mean, I know some other teams out there. UC Davis might be in the big sky, the team we talked about earlier. No, they're not in it. No, they are. The team that dominates, they've won four straight, Weber State, who I have uh, circled. Yes, Weber's big. I forget who they play, but I thought they play Utah. I think they're going to get killed. And I like I don't want to jump around and get people all confused. Right, yeah, I, I, I'll do it just because I, I had it circled, but I really didn't have it circled for anything important. All I was going to say is just Weber State is really good. Mm-hmm. They're a top five program every single year. Yeah. Just like if you, if you don't have anything to watch, you know that's going to that's gonna be a West Coast late night game. If you want some good football, Weber State's going to hang in that game for a quarter or two. Yeah, Utah's really good, and they're going to have speed. Weber State has dominated. They've won four straight big skies. Yeah. That'll just be a fun watch. But jumping back to your Eastern Washington not, talk. Not much more to say about Eastern Washington and UNLV. I mean, I don't know anything about UNLV. Probably never will. Uh, I know it's in Las Vegas, <laughs> but uh, Eastern Washington is a team that probably plays with little to no fear. Um, and I mean, that's not a football name. UNLV isn't like it's one thing if they're going to play like if I'm going to say goes and plays Iowa, but that's a football name. Like what is UNLV? They don't really do anything for me. Looks like that program's kind of struggling. Um, look for uh, I think they're the Eagles. Eastern, Eastern Washington, Washington Eagles. I mean, it's a bird. I know there's some know sort that. of bird. Watch out for the Eastern Washington birds to go on the road and beat the Lobos Rebels. The Rebels. And we'll see. This might help you out a little bit because they're dipping into the FCS to get some talent. They coaxed one of our players to transfer there. Sales, Isaiah Sales, number two. Yeah. Who, who coaxed? UNLV. Oh. Oh, okay. Good for him. Yeah. So I think I was going to circle that because I know, like, I know UNLV's down. And I was going to, I was going to circle that because I know, like, just like you said, Eastern Washington's good every single year, top 25 team in the FCS. Right. I was looking around at projections and stuff and just reading about it. They really, they have people coming back, but they don't have any like dudes. And they're projected fourth in the big sky. So like they might not they might not pan out like you're saying, but you never know. They they're well coached. They've had this. They had the same coach back. Can't think of his name, but they're gonna. That's a good football team. Right. Year in year out. Moving on. Moving on. I've got. Um. I didn't write down who they're playing. I don't know why. That's very rookie move by me. But I have – I just – I don't know why I went on, like, a little spiel on Montana State. Oh, my God. I have Montana like, State written down. Do you, do you? Who are they First, playing? They play Wyoming. Okay. So, I wrote down that game because I know, like, I was pretty – I'm not excited about it, but, like, I just – they've got a new head coach, Brent Vegan. I don't know if you know the name. So, he was at North Dakota State when Craig Bull was there. Oh, the guy before Kleiman? Correct. Craig Bull went to Wyoming. I don't think he's the head coach there anymore. I, I, I think he got he fired. Is. is he still there? If he didn't get fired, I bet he's still there. Okay, then his his OC at North Dakota State and Wyoming is now the head coach at Montana State. Oh. Nice. Correct. And that's one of those games where I've got a feeling it's kind of a regional 
Like they're probably like in Montana, they're probably all three competing. I mean, you only have a certain amount of talent out there in that big sky pool. So this could probably make or break some commitments. The Bobcats. They're they're gonna play the same type of football. They're gonna want to run the ball, play good defense. It's like Unless Wyoming is just such superior on the offensive line to the Montana State's defensive line, which I can't see them being, and then just running the ball four or five yards every time and just crushing their will, there's going to be punts. There's going to be good defense. It's going to stay close. It's not going to be a blowout. I mean, so it could be a close game. I wrote it down here. And just just for the fact that Brent Vegan, like, I mean, he's going to be so familiar with what Bull's doing. You never know. It might be an advantage. It you might not be. You never know. And then I, I, I read an article he was talking about. He's got a transport quarterback from uh, North Carolina. It was either North Carolina State or North Carolina A&T. His name's Matt McVeigh. And he goes, he's never seen a kid pick up an offense as fast as he has. And you know they've got one of those, like, pro-style, pro like, quarterbacks got to get it, make go up to the line, make checks. Yeah. Definitely. He said he's he's never seen somebody pick it up as fast as he has. Huh. So he's he was pretty juiced up about it. His name's Matt McVeigh. Okay. Quarterback transfer. Yeah. Um, so that takes care of one of my last two. So this is my last one. Um, and I have no knowledge of either or of this FCS program. Okay. But this is actually kind of crazy. I wrote down Holy Cross. Versus UConn. I I the only reason why the only reason why is because UConn looked so bad on Saturday, and I think Holy Cross maybe made the playoffs recently. So I I don't want to say that definitively, but maybe. But my God. When I tell you guys that UConn looked bad, Fresno State looked like they could play in the Pac-12. That's how bad UConn looked. I, mean, I think it was me and you could go get a couple of high school buddies each, and we might be able to compete against UConn. It's like, horrible. That's how bad they've been and how What's... bad they looked the other night. And I think everybody knew they were going to look that bad, and they lived up to it. I gave them the benefit of the doubt just because so many people were shitting on them. I legit took them plus 28, and that was blown out of the door by, like, halftime. They were already down. I think it was like they were already down by more than 28. They're bad. I'm trying to look something up for you. Holy Cross, I don't – I mean, we've never played them, and we're probably never going to play them. Right. I think they won – I think they won, technically won their conference last year by going maybe – Three and zero against this like See, the same three teams or something. I thought VMI won their conference. I think Holy Cross and VMI are all in the same thing. Holy Cross, I think, only played three games or whatever, but makes sense. Something you know they're they're they're, they're they're like highly touted. I don't know much about them, but they're talked about as a good FCS football team. Are they? Yeah, I think, and I think when I was looking at stuff earlier in the week, they're projected to, I think, win their conference. And I love to sit here and be ready and tell people what conference that is. I'm, I'm thinking keep... with the Patriot League. 
You think it's Patriot? Yeah. Because I know it's, I mean, I know it's not colonial. No. It's not the CAA. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, Patriot. Good call. The only reason I thought that is because I thought I remember seeing it today. That's the only reason why. I did not have that knowledge prior to today. But uh, Lucas, do you, any, do you have any more? Yeah, I think I got I got two more. Okay. Yeah, they played three games last year, Chandler. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, they were three and zero. Okay. But I've got two more that I want to talk about. Let's. I I think one's kind of gonna one you're just gonna be like bum fuzzled by it. I got Monmouth or Monmouth, one would say. Versus Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I did. I saw that. Monmouth is was a playoff team last year. Okay. Returned 21 of 22 starters. Three All-Americans on those 21 of 22. Wow. How far did Monmouth go? I think they lost in the first round, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I will uh, I'll look it up. Like I said, I got to be better. Obviously, first time on the pod. I got to have all my stuff written down. And oh, I just dude. did not go into that much depth. That's on me. You don't have to have anything written down, really. There's not no. a lot of rules on here. So quick, while you're looking that up, what is on yeah. what I'm watching on TV? Uh, I'm watching Naomi Osaka. Oh, U.S. Open? Buzkova from the Czech Republic. Yep, they – okay, I knew it. They lost first round Sam Houston State. 2115. Uh, well, I mean, eh, not, not a bad loss at all. Nope. And kept it close. Where in the hell is Monmouth? Well, they're in the uh, Big South. I always, for some reason in my head, because Isn't like I've always North been Carolina. like. Are they in North Carolina? Dude, and think about it in your head. If you just, so I, I'm glad you said that because you're probably right. But like always in my heart of hearts because they're a basketball school. And they're always kind of like that 13, 14 seed making it into the tournament. I always thought they were like a Northeastern school. Obviously, they're not if they're in the Big South, which I know that. And I've really I never thought, thought they about were, it. I, I was going to guess like Vermont. That's what I'm saying. I thought they were always a Northeast school. Yeah. But let's look it up, Chandamon. <laughs> you might be faster. Did our boy Stefanos end up winning today? I didn't look at it, but I think shout out uh, Andy Murray. No, shout out. Um, oh, he's gonna kill me, Big Micah. I think Brandon Nakashima beat uh, Isner today. Really? Isn't that his boy? Uh, no, that's not his boy. It's not. Mm-mm. He's with Shinta something. Huh. Well, I messed that up. I thought I, I thought I remember he was tell, he made us watch Brandon Nakashima one time play. He might know him. He might have hit with him before or something. Um, but I don't remember him ever coaching him. I could be wrong though. I knew it. Okay. West Long, West Long Branch, New Jersey. Okay, so it is a Northeast school. Correct. But they're in the Big South. Yes, doesn't make sense. I agree. That has to be the most northern team ever in the Southern Conference. Correct. But so back back to our original point, Monmouth 
experienced, really good team. Hold on. Middle wait. Tennessee. What? That's like Rutgers being in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Big the Big South is what? Uh, How can they be in the Big South? That's like Charleston Southern and uh, North Carolina A and T, right? And or like Richmond. Richmond's a good team in the Big oh, South. They made the playoffs, I think. Yeah, uh, Kennesaw State, right? Georgia. No, Kennesaw is in the um, – dude, I think Kennesaw is like in the swack. Big South. Are they really in the Big South? Yeah, just look okay. for that. Well, then, yeah, okay, Kennesaw. Yeah, it that makes no make sense. sense. I agree. But, okay. Well, they must they, – I mean, they have to fly to every game. Oh, every one. I mean, Virginia is probably pretty close for Richmond. They can probably, probably bus to Virginia. Am I is is Fordham? That's is Fordham, like North Carolina or Virginia. No, 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 no. Fordham's New York, and I think they might be in the Big South. Oh well, maybe. Maybe. All right, moving on. We're done. We're done with it. I got one more <laughs> game that we got to talk about. I got one more, and I think it's going to hit home with you. You might like it. You might not like it. Okay. I got I got UCA versus Arkansas State. Oh, you think UCA could beat them? I don't know if they can beat them because I mean we've been down there in that environment and we know how good Arkansas State can be. Mm. Coach Coach gone. Brian Anderson, I think was his name. Went to Nevada. He right, he's gone. So new coaching staff. Obviously, they're going to return all his players most likely, and they're going to be good. Yeah. And UCA might get killed, but UCA is returning Breland Smith again, that quarterback that's been there forever. And then both wide receivers came back. I thought one of them was going to get drafted, the, the Tyler Hudson kid. Both All-American wide receivers are back. You ready for it? Don't we play last, UCA? You, no, I'm going to give you the stats for the last uh, the last two years with these wide receivers, their stats with Braylon Smith as their quarterback. 192 receptions, 3,200 yards, 40 touchdowns. Wow. That's tough for anybody to stop. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Numbers like that just blow my mind. I mean, that is serious numbers. That's big time. I mean, I I honestly – I thought that kid was going to get drafted. He's that good. Tyler Hudson. He might have just came back and said, forget that. He, I, I don't know why he would have because I think, I mean, people he they were he was he would have been on somebody's radar because they had that cornerback get drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, Chiefs took a guy out of there two years ago, maybe three years ago, maybe eighteen or nineteen, one of the two. Uh, no, you should know the name. That's I can't think of the name. He was like a returner, like a cornerback returner. Yeah, like for some reason, Tradarius Smith is in my head. I don't think I, I, it's it's something like that. I think it might be Tredarius Smith, but that's not here. You think? That. Yeah, um, I don't know that I like that one very much, Lucas. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not calling it an upset. Yeah. I'm just saying, like the potential offense from that team is insane, and I really love to see what they can get done against Arkansas State. I obviously okay. know they're not going to go down there and beat them. 
But I would like for them to go down there and get beaten up by Arkansas State. Maybe that we way. play them the next week. I'm exactly. fine with it. Yeah. Okay, so let's do one final segment before we get off here. Uh, okay. We have to pick one of our games to uh, be an upset, and let's exclude South Dakota and Kansas. That just is too easy. Uh, so we're out of all of our games that we have on here, we're going to pick one that we feel the best about. Is that what and, we're saying? And we had to pick the FCS winning score. Oh. Yeah. So, like, if the FCS team were to win, what would the score be? So, I, you want to go first? No. You know what? This is your podcast. You go first. That's fine. I'll go first. Um, I actually – I have a lot of confidence in this one, kind of. Yeah. I'm going to go with Eastern Washington UNLV. Okay. I, I kind of feel like I found that one a little kind of hiding in the rough. Um, and I'm going to take it – I'm going to take Eastern Washington – 31 UNLV 24. 31 24? Nope. I'm going to make it Eastern Washington 31 UNLV 27. Okay. I like it. 31 27. I'm going to write that down. Let's, let's see. Our little, our little rivalry between sports got ruined this week, and we have to do it between this. Yes. 31-27, and you got Eastern Washington. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go back to it. It, it. I'm picking Jacksonville State over UAB. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm going to take Jacksonville State, and I'm going to pick – I think it's going to be a barn burner, dude. I want to go – I think it's it's probably going to be a, a field goal game. It's stupid to say 38-35 because you know UAB is going to march down there and get a field goal at least. So I shouldn't say that. I should backtrack, and I should go four touchdowns, two field goals. I should go 38-34 Jacksonville State. I love that. Yeah, I have no complaints about that pick at all. I actually really hope that hits. <laughs> that'll be – I mean, that'll just be a fun watch. And that's – I have nothing to do Wednesday night either, dude. So, I'm going to be glued to the screen on that. And I think all of our listeners should be too. What, what are they going to be doing? Yeah, exactly. What could you be doing better on a Wednesday than watching UAB and Jacksonville State play a on little ESPN, football? Yeah. The worldwide leader in sports. You have easy access, but – guys lucas thanks for stopping by buddy we'll have to hey. uh, we can honestly do a little fcs segment maybe once every week every two weeks i don't know i mean honestly me and blaine have our football show thursday we we cover the power five and in the nfl could have you we on can... the could have you on that day and get a little fcs take and then obviously chime in with the boys we can do it whenever you want, big man. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be watching a lot of football. I'll be in it. If you, want, if you need to get me on, you tell me. I'll be there. Okay. We'll keep you in mind. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch the next episode of the podcast on Thursday. Like I said, Lucas might be there. I for sure know that Blaine Wheeler will be in the house. 
it'll be good. We only have one more week without the NFL. That's Blaine's specialty is what he tells me. So, <laughs> Lucas, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Peace out. We're out of here. <laughs>